Well, relapse can be one of the scariest parts of our recovery journey that can either cause us to run away or run toward. But what do we do in the midst of a relapse or how do we even better prevent a relapse in our recovery? We're going to talk about it today. Welcome to the Hope in Recovery, a, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry based on the Beatitudes where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, hangups, and habits. If you're listening today and you're struggling, just know that we acknowledge that we're with you, that Jesus loves you, and we're on this journey together. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney, and thanks for being with us today. Uh, we're grateful for you giving us a high rating and sharing this so that we can reach more people for the kingdom. But hey, today's topic, um, we're going to be unpacking this uh, incredible, um, important, incredibly important topic that is relapse. And I've got a brother in Christ uh, with me uh, today, uh, Eric. He's one of our leaders. And so, Eric, thanks for being with us today. Uh, Eric's actually one of our training coaches here um, at the Fellowship Rogers campus. Um, so, Eric, why don't you introduce yourself and we'll jump into a topic here, man. So uh, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with lust and pornography, the painful hurt of divorce, and food issues, and my name is Eric. Hey, Eric. So Eric, you just uh, did a teaching on this uh, at our local Celebrate Recovery, and just wanted to kind of continue the conversation. And um, so maybe we just, maybe we, the good starting point here is um, what... What are some of those things um, that you would say to someone that might be in the middle of a relapse right now, right? It's probably a good starting point because the chances are someone is struggling right now listening. What would you say to them to give them encouragement? Well, whenever I talk to someone who has just relapsed, the first thing that I say is that this does not mean that your recovery is over mm. and that it's... Uh, uh, the things that you have accomplished thus far has not been uh, diminished by your relapse. You still have had growth, right? And you can still move forward even though you've relapsed. Yeah, yeah. And that it, it, it's important to say that you know the enemy. I mean, he kind of gets in our head and convinces us that maybe there's a better way. And then if we take that bait, then he's speaking these lies that well, you can't go home now you're done. The father's not going to love you anymore. Yeah. How's that look like in your life? I mean, early in your recovery, how many years you've been in recovery now? So I'll be, I've been in recovery a little over 12 years. So September wow. 10th was my 12 awesome. year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So early on just wrestling, I mean, just thinking about your recovery journey, just the, the struggles with the relapse part of it. Right. And just jumping into the process and, and, what was what was key for you in your recovery journey to turn the corner on that to to use the relapse as an opportunity to kind of be a catalyst toward change and, and healing? What does that look like in your recovery? Yeah, so I think that having a healthy fear of relapse. I yeah. always uh, think of the cartoon uh, 
of Lion King. And I remember uh, watching that with my youngest daughter and the little uh, hyenas that were the bad guys. They had this fear of Mufasa, who was the Lion <laughs> King, and they would just say his name and they'd go, ooh, and they'd, mm. they'd, they'd shudder. And I have a, a, a fear of the relapse. I say relapse and I think, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm scared of that. But yeah. I think it's good to have a healthy uh, fear of that and to know that I'm going to be tempted mm. and that temptation is not a sin. Yeah. And when I realized that, you know, just because I'm tempted doesn't mean that I have to fall right. and that I'm going to sin and that that's not a sin. And so I think it's important to know that I am going to be tempted and that that's not a sin. Yeah. Yeah. That's important to hear that. And we've talked about that through the years, just the, it really starts with kind of the lies, doesn't it? What is the enemy telling me about me? Maybe he's telling me about God and what he thinks of me. Maybe he's telling me about uh, the source of facing the pain that might be coming up, right? So all these lies are kind of swimming around. And, and then what do I do with those lies, right? In that lie that can, can bring temptation. Man, I wish I could just check out to feel better. Uh, and just to be able to speak that out loud that, hey, I'm dealing with this. That can be scary to invite somebody into that, can it? Yes. Um, I, it, of course, I, and this morning I was reading this morning how concealment costs more than confession. Mm. And I love that. Um, and that's the lie from the enemy is that I need to conceal this. I need to hide this yeah. and not talk about it. And uh, you can handle it on your own. And that's right. really a big lie in my life is that I'm, uh, my father taught me to pick myself up by my bootstraps and I can handle this on my own. You don't mm. need any help. Don't need to bring anybody else into this. Yeah. 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 And that, that, that's really a cruel lie. The enemy throws at us, isn't it? It's like these lies of what are some of those lies that the enemy would tell Eric in your recovery? I think it could speak to a newcomer that uh, might resonate with, Oh, he tells me the same lie, but early on, what were some of those lies about finding comfort or uh, how you see yourself in, in failures? And what, what are some of those lies that he would tell you in your recovery journey? So I think that the enemy wants me to believe that, um, that I'm a failure and that I can't do it. Uh, and, uh, I've got this one side of me that says that you can do anything if you try hard enough and then I've got this other side that says you failed, so you might as well just embrace your sin. Mm. And that happened to me multiple times throughout my uh, my life, where I would I would white knuckle and I would try with my own effort, and I would try so hard, and I would have a month of success, mm. and then I would fail, and the enemy would come in and go, "See, I told you you couldn't do it. You might as well just embrace just embrace your sin." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's so important. Um, just that how the enemy it's a kind of a vicious cycle because you know we'll start you know fantasizing and kind of that ritualization about you know what would uh, we kind of become preoccupied on the thought then we begin to fantasize about man if I could just go do this I would feel this and I won't feel the pain and then we it's a slippery slope because then we're right into the acting out which then is followed by shame and guilt and despair. And a lot of times, uh, I don't know if you've seen this in your own recovery, we, in an effort to get out of the despair, we'll go right back to the fantasy or right back to the acting out again. 
And then we're just kind of in this vicious cycle over and over and over again. I believe they call that insanity. And I think that's where I fell. Most of my life was doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And that's what, that's where I fell into that same cycle time and time again. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, it says somewhere in the celebrate recovery Bible that, um, sanity is basing decisions based on truth. Mm. And I need to know that there is hope and that there is an answer yeah. and there has been in my life the last 12 years. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the lie is that uh, you just, you can't resist this. It's going to be something that you're going to face, you know, the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That wholeness of mind, right. That, that sanity, you know, yeah. So what does that look like then if, if I'm in recovery and uh, the holidays especially can be a hard time, right? We're tempted, we're getting around maybe relationships that uh, have been triggers for us, um, um, getting around uh, situations and scenarios, just the stress of the holidays can be one of those times that can be hard for people, right? What are those things that we can do if we know we're going to be in some scenarios, we just sometimes we can prevent getting in scenarios and sometimes we just can't. Right. Um, for example, extended family, sometimes growing up in our family system was unhealthy or whatever. And some of those old memories of how we interacted, um, we can prevent going into certain neighborhoods sometimes, but sometimes we can't. So how do we, as we go into the holidays, knowing that that will be some things that we face, what are some things that we can be thinking about proactively so we're not reacting in in the moment? So I really love the fact that you mentioned that, you know, we know that we're going into the holidays and that we're going to face family. We're going to face people and we're going to have situations. I think knowing that we are, are being aware that there is going to be temptation, that there's going to be problems is huge. I think getting hit blindside sometimes is where we go wrong or where I go wrong Mm -hmm. is whenever I don't expect something to happen. So the Bible says uh, in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be alert and be sober. Your enemy, the Mm -hmm. devil, roams around like a vicious or a a roaring lion lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so I know that there's an enemy. If I sat in front of your house, Rodney, and you came walking up and I said, hey, I just saw a snake go into your house. How would you go into your house differently? Would yeah. you go in like you normally would and Cautious. throw your keys yeah. on the counter and sit down and have a sandwich? No, you would be looking for that snake. And I think being aware that there's going to be temptation is mm. huge. And also being aware that there is weapons that we have been given to use against the enemy. And yeah. one of the greatest weapons, in fact, that's what the CR Bible says, that our greatest weapon against relapse is our reserving a time with God mm. for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer. Principle seven is our best weapon against relapse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I know that through the years, we've known each other for a while now, um, just having that intentionality to say, I'm going into that neighborhood, whatever that is, right? I'm going to be alone for the next two days, uh, whatever that trigger point, we know when we get into a certain neighborhood, I'm going to be around my extended family. I'm just need a prayer covering, you know, I'm going in, do you got my back kind of a thing, but just the value of letting somebody else into that. Talk about that a little bit and how that's worked for you. So it helps me to, you know, again, concealment costs more than confession and being it, letting someone else in and knowing that I'm going to be, um, 
facing something, if I let you know, if I call my sponsor and say, I know I'm going to be tempted, I know I'm going to have this problem, please pray for me. It's also a level of accountability because mm. then I know that my sponsor or whoever it is, is going to ask me, Hey, how did it go? Did you have any struggles? Because knowing that I'm going to be asked that gives me an accountability and helps me uh, resist the enemy. Yeah. And and circling back, right? Having those brothers, hey, check on me later. You know, how did it go? How'd you do? And just having that. And sometimes that can be through a text thread. It can be through a group me or whatever your network is. But but it's kind of old school. But picking up the phone sometimes is is kind of the best option. And it's like, hey, I'm this is important enough that I'm picking up the phone and dialing you, right? And we don't even have to dial. We just push a button. But but I'm, I want you to know, and, and I know in my own recovery, when I've been maybe struggling, just, you know, feeling down or just vulnerable kind of a thing, just knowing and hearing the phone ring and hearing my brother pick it up on the other side, there's something that shifts in us just knowing, oh, I'm not alone. Absolutely. Right? I've got you with me in this. And, and that's, that's kind of cool. It's fascinating how God wired us that way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you've done good through the years just knowing and seeing that in action from you um just reaching out hey i'm my wife's out of town this weekend you know um, i know this is a vulnerable place i need help absolutely in fact i shared in my teach on friday that the last time that i relapsed is my wife was out of town mm. and i was by myself i was alone and i had i did not have a plan for what happened when I got tempted. Mm, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, I want to, when we come back, I want to talk about some of those practical things that that you do on a, a regular basis in your recovery uh, that, that help you in preventing the relapse, right, to keep you in a good spot. So great conversation with Eric, my brother. He's a training coach uh, for our Celebrate Recovery here in Fellowship uh, Northwest Arkansas and, and having a great conversation around relapse. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a group near you? Do you want to jump into this recovery journey and be a part of the healing process that we call recovery to learn how to celebrate life, to celebrate recovery? We would absolutely love for you to join us. Uh, we're on uh, Fayetteville and Rogers campuses at Fellowship Northwest Arkansas. If you want to go to fellowshipcr.org and find out how to plug in, we'd love for you to be a part of this. Or find a group uh, that meets on another night. Maybe Friday night's not for you and you want another group. We've got several healthy groups here in Northwest Arkansas. You can find a full listing of those other groups. Again, go to fellowshipcr.org and join us on the journey. We would absolutely love for you to be with us in this process. Well, we've been talking to Eric uh, about relapse and Eric, thanks for being here, making time today. Great conversation. So we were kind of just talking about uh, just relapse and the value of reaching out to people. But what are some of those other things that is we're thinking about to keeping our heart, our mind, our soul in a right spot, a right space? What are some of the things that, that would be good things to add to our toolbox to help us to not go into that pit that, that relapse can take us into? 
Absolutely. I think, and I'm going to start with uh, my silver bullet. I'm going to start with the thing that I think is the most valuable, which is time with God. Principle seven says, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life. And I love the last little phrase. It says to gain the power Mm. to follow his will. I had never been able to gain the power to follow his will and resist relapse until I got into recovery and learned how important it is to reserve a daily time Mm. with God. I remember watching a sitcom on TV one time and there was this guy walking up to a or to a reservation counter to get his rental car and he got up there and the lady says uh, uh we don't have your we don't have your car I'm sorry and he goes but I reserved it I reserved my car and she goes well I know what a reservation he goes I don't think you do he goes I don't <laughs> think you know what a reservation is because if you did I would have my car he mm. goes you know how to take the reservation but you don't know how to hold yeah. the reservation and I need to hold that time with God as mm. sacred, as a time that I need. I have it every morning, and I know there's always exceptions, but to have that time gives me the power to spend time with God. And then the second thing I would say is that we say in Celebrate Recovery, it works if you work it and it won't mm. if you don't. And what is that it? Mm. And I think having a program, having something that I go to every single week and that I'm participating in, that keeps me going, keeps me sober. And I will tell you, I will never have a time where I am cured and that I don't need Celebrate Recovery. And I think that keeps me sober. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that, you know, going to meetings and it can feel like, you know, what's the point? Why do I need to go to another meeting? And, and, and it's really just community and just getting around other people that know us uh, that uh, we can be authentic with, we can be vulnerable with. And there's something powerful of just being around other people, especially in the holidays, right? It's, it's tempting in our uh, kind of our funk that maybe I just want to go hide and just isolate. And um, But I love you're talking about reserving a daily time. There's a difference between isolating um, and just hiding uh, from people and solitude and uh what's that tell me about solitude and how does that feed your soul and how does that differ from isolation in eric's life so whenever you said that i immediately thought of my wife whose love language is quality time Mm. and uh, my love language is words of affirmation which means that i love um, compliments and i love people to to uh, tell me how well I've done or whatever. And that really feeds my love language. But for my wife, it's quality time. Mm. And it's so important that I actually spend time with her. And it's so important that I spend time with God and listen to him and not just do it as a checklist, but to actually take time to speak and to listen for God. And as I do that, then I, I receive that power that I need to stay sober. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love that analogy. Um, yeah. So, so opening up the word and sometimes that can be so hard. We were meeting with some guys earlier and just, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, our, our history growing up, there's some negative connotations to getting in the word and it's not about how much we're reading, right? It's not a performance like you must read seven chapters today or you have not met the expectations, but, but just the, the value of just chewing on, um, I love just the practice just of reading the word and what is, what is jumping out at me? What is speaking to me right now? That's the power of God's word, right? We can read the same verse 
every year and and it'll speak differently to us depending on where we are um, but but just allowing that just to kind of marinate in our hearts and and God what are you what are you saying to me in this space and almost making it my prayer for that day right yes and I think that what you're talking about is relationship yeah if I just say, okay, I need to go through, I need to read this chapter and I need to say this prayer and, I yeah. need to, and then I'm done. Check. Yeah. But I think that it's much more than that. In fact, I shared Friday night that my, my recovery is not defined by my sobriety or my relapses. It's mm-hmm. defined by my relationship, relationship with yeah. God. Yeah. And that's exactly what, and, and sometimes it's just five minutes. Yep. Sometimes I just get up and I know I've got appointments coming up, whatever, but I'm just going to stop for five minutes yeah. and we'll say, Hey God, I just need to sit in your presence. Yeah. And that's all I can do right now is just sit in your presence. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes that's all that I need or that I can do. And that's enough Yeah, is just spending time with God. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about, uh, the emotional side of this, this healing journey, right? A lot of times, um, you know, that checklist, you know, just talking about pain it can have value, but not allowing myself to feel that and checking in with that. How's that making me feel? I know we talk about the heart check in Celebrate Recovery. What's the value in in organizing and putting my emotions into words? Yeah, I think that's really good. And I love that heart check. That, that was uh, an aha moment for me when I realized that, you know what, just like the warning signals in my car, mm-hmm. the little uh, the little lights um, that pop up and tell me that something is wrong, I need to evaluate myself and stay out of denial. And I think um, it's really interesting that so many times whenever I know that there's bad news, I don't want to look at it, so I just deny it. But I need mm-hmm. to say, am I hurting? What's going on in my life right now? Am I hurting? Am I exhausted? Have I been getting enough sleep? Am I angry at anybody? Am I resentful? Am I tense? As I go through that heart check, it really helps me evaluate, do I need to do something? Do I need to stop? And Do I need to reach out to my sponsor? Do I need to call someone and bring them into this hurt or whatever it is that I'm dealing with? And so I think having doing that evaluation is huge. Yeah. And I've, you've heard the, the HALT as well. There's all kinds of different acronyms we could use. You know, Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Um, and I think it's good, you know, we, we, we've talked about this often, but just noticing it, what's coming up for me, what are the, it's probably good. What are the action tendencies that I will see in myself to know that maybe there's something underneath the surface I need to pay attention to. So noticing it, inviting it in, which is scary to invite emotions in. They're already there, but we feel like if we honor those we're they're going to get us right uh, so inviting them in and organizing them. So it's good on a personal level to, to put that into words so that I can take that to the Lord. What's the value in, in then transferring that onto our closest relationships, like a sponsor or accountability team for you? Yeah. I, again, I think the enemy wants to get us alone and think that we're in this alone and I'm not in this alone. And I think that that was huge. One of the biggest aha moments again for me in celebrate recovery is that, Oh, other men struggle with the same thing that I'm struggling with. Mm. I'm not by myself. 
someone else struggles with the same thing. And then I can go to that person and say, what are you doing to battle this? What are you doing? And let, let them come into that. So I think it's huge to know that I'm not alone in this. That's where the enemy, you know, if you go back to the lion analogy, lions look for that hurting animal that's by themselves away from the herd so that they can attack that one animal because mm. there's power in numbers. And if I've got some brothers that I can reach out to, it gives me strength, gives me power. Yeah. There's power in numbers in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's vulnerable uh, to let other people into though. I like to call them the scary parts of my heart. Right. Um, maybe speak to the value of when you were early in your recovery and just struggling and hearing, uh, hope from another person, what, just kind of personalizing that. What was that like for you to hear, uh, someone kind of, you know, Oh, me too. I, I've been there and just, this is how I got through that. What was the value for you early in your recovery to hear that? So I remember running on a treadmill watching TV because I've, I've run three marathons and sometimes on the treadmill, I would spend literally hours, like two or three hours running on the treadmill. So I'd watch a movie or something. I was watching this show that I had not checked ahead, which I've learned now to check ahead to see what's yeah. in the show before I watch it. But I was watching the show and something came on that triggered me. And I remember calling my sponsor and saying, Hey, I just, I just saw this image. I just saw this thing. Have I relapsed? What's mm. going on? And, and my sponsor said, no, no, temptation's not, yeah. is not uh, a sin. You know, you're going to be tempted. And, and he talked me through that. Mm. And I was just like, Oh, so I felt so relieved that I had someone to talk to and to give me and to encourage me. Yeah. And, um, that got me through my temptation. Normally I would have just isolated and I would have acted out. I would have, um, um, probably binged on all kinds of images yeah. and sin. Uh, but instead it stopped it in its tracks because I brought someone else into that. Yeah. 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 That's so good. You said that because we can, that binge aspect, we, we crave what we eat. Right. And I remember going to a, a nutritionist cause I had hypoglycemia and and she showed me all these little plastic foods. This is how much you can eat peanut butter, which was way under what I thought was the normal consumption. <laughs> That's another topic. But so she's given me all this. And, and basically she told me, you're going to have to cut down on your sweets, right? Your body can't handle that. And, and I thought she was crazy. There's no way I, I can't. And she said, Rodney, your body will begin to crave what it eats. You need to eat more vegetables, whatever. And I didn't believe her, uh, but it's true. And it's true in a spiritual sense, right? If you go on a binge, your your body, your mind will begin to crave that garbage. And it never satisfies. It was like, oh, I just want more. I just want more. I want more. And there's only one thing that can satisfy that hole in our heart, right? Amen. And I love the fact that you said you start craving the things that you put in there because um, I'm a runner. And um, when I start running in the very beginning, everything screams to absolutely stop doing what I'm doing. My <laughs> body is saying, don't do this. It hurts. Do not do this. But after I've been running for a while, yeah. like for weeks, all of a sudden there's a turn. There's a corner that my body turns that says, oh, you need to go take a run today. Your body needs this. And yeah. the same thing goes with my recovery. As I start working this process, I start craving 
to do this. I, I crave Friday nights. I love going where yeah. I can speak to other brothers and sisters. I love going to open share. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And then the worshiping with my brothers and yeah. sisters. So I crave it. Yeah. You know, the, when we talk through this, you know, if you're listening and you're struggling, you know, one of the things the enemy will convince us is we should be strong enough to do this on our own. We can't do it by ourselves, right? We need people. And in Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 5, when it's talking about the, the woman in the red light district, right? Uh, Solomon is is painting this picture that, you know, we can, you know, we can tell ourselves that we can go hang out in that neighborhood. We can be strong enough. This time I won't do it. But wisdom says don't go to that neighborhood. And so we need to be mindful of what are the the people that I'm hanging around with? What are the things I'm consuming? Uh, where are the places I'm going? Uh, just a practical, if I'm struggling with alcohol and I drive by the same liquor store, maybe I need to take a different route, right? Don't go that down that road. If every time I go down that road and see that, I'm right back in that same uh, place. So strength versus wisdom. We've talked about stimulating our mind and our heart with something new. God's word, um, you know, feeding my brain with the healthy things, taking care of my body, right? It, it sounds uh, crazy, but we, we want to exercise. We want to drink water. We want to take care of ourselves, right? Uh, and I've seen you do that in your life. And then just inviting other people into that. Can I get vulnerable and real? And that's the value of Celebrate Recovery, right? Absolutely. And you mentioned, I, I mentioned Friday night and you mentioned being, keeping these things healthy. That's actually good for your spiritual body. And so hydration is so important to yeah. me um, to have water. And I, I even shared Friday night that I had become dehydrated one time and I mm. realized how important it is water. Well, that's, that's how my spirit is as well. Yeah. It's so important that I hydrate myself spiritually and yeah. stay hydrated. I don't ever get cured of water. I've got to have water <laughs> continuously or my body will dehydrate and my spiritual body is the same way. I, like I said, there is never going to be a time that I don't need mm. recovery. I don't need other people in my life and I don't need Jesus Christ, his yeah. power in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned running marathons and it reminds me, I've never run a marathon by the way. Um, maybe one day, maybe not. I don't know. I've run a 5k before, but, um, but I remember reading just this important principle. It really stuck with me that a marathon runner must put liquids in throughout the entire run, right? We can't wait until we're thirsty. If we wait till we're thirsty, it's too late, mm -hmm. right? And that, that's your experience on that treadmill. It's like your body started locking up and going, oh, you've, you're not putting enough liquid, <laughs> right? Right. So I love that picture and that reminder. Am I feeding myself with the right nutrients the right manna, right? Even the word manna, its literal meaning is what is it, right? And it's a cool picture that we're only going to come and get what we need for today. And it's almost as if God wants to remind us that be more concerned, not with what it is you're getting, but who's the source of what you're getting, right? Amen. Yeah, and I've seen you play that out in your recovery. So great stuff, man. We had a great conversation. I know we could talk for hours. Maybe we'll bring back another one uh, on this. But Eric, thanks for your leadership. 12 years you've been serving faithfully and and on this recovery journey. And, and I'm grateful to be on the journey with you, man. So uh, if you're listening uh, today, uh, just want to remind you... Um, 
you are loved, that you're not alone in this journey. Jesus loves you no matter what you've done, that there's nothing you could do or say that could separate you from his love. Just take that in and let that sit in your heart. And uh, if you're struggling, uh, can I just challenge you? If you're listening to Eric and I today, you're feeling alone, you're feeling overwhelmed. Why don't you come check us out on a Friday night? We would love to have you join our forever family uh, because we need each other. You were not designed to face this alone, and we would love to, to walk this journey with you. Go to fellowshipcr.org to check us out. We'll see you on Friday night. Until then, we'll see you next time.